Okay, here's the gist. I'm a gay guy who's been living in New York City for the past three decades. I got shit to talk about. I also have awesome friends who also have a lot of shit to talk about. That's what this podcast is about. Way off the record. People that you never hear from that you need to hear from. Because trust me, girl, you need this fabulous in your life. Welcome to Way Off the Record. My guest today, Antonio Biaggi, a porn star, uh, entrepreneur, and now running for city commissioner in Wilton Manors, Florida. Antonio, welcome. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so tell me about little Antonio. Where did you grow up? Um, what was your upbringing like? <laughs> so uh, little Antonio, oh my God. Um, <laughs> So basically, I was born in New York. Uh, my family are really from Puerto Rico. My mom was born in New York. Um, when I was two weeks old, they moved to Puerto Rico. I grew up in San Juan. Mm. Uh, my father was a police. My mom uh, did weddings. And uh, there were, uh, my father was very conservative, very strict. And we went to, my brother and I, we went to private Catholic school with nuns. Um, also, I was a nerd. I was very always like the lonely one. So I, I guess sometimes I'm still a little oh. like I don't like to socialize too much with everybody. <laughs> so yeah. I like to be good by myself. And um, but I was a nerd. I was a nerd. I did always like I was always the one raising the hand. Like I always knew everything. Um, yes. And you know, yeah. The only the only issue that I always had in school, but they always had me separate, was because of my grammar. I always I had dyslexia and uh, that was always an issue that I had. That's why sometimes a lot of people are like, you wrote this incorrect. I'm like, well, yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I deal with that my whole life. But like all the other subjects like history, I'm a big time history buff. I went to college for history as well. Uh, science. Like I was always very interested. I was always reading encyclopedia because this was before computer time. Right. <laughs> and I was always very like, uh, like I love history of the world and the countries and uh, every culture. So I, I always been attracted about traveling and cultures. That's one of the things that I always been since I was a kid. Nice. I, I want to ask you, what was it like? And, and give me the tea here. What was it like? What were the nuns like? Because I've heard horror stories. Oh, horrible. <laughs> Super. There, there was one that uh, I actually, they kicked me out of the school because my dad had a fight with a nun. And uh, I wasn't kicked out of the school, but my dad decided to sh uh, take us out of that school because of the a fight that he had with a nun. And, you know, we went to a really privileged private school and a lot of the kids had like people doing their projects and stuff and I did my own project and then they were complaining that my project was the shittiest one and uh, my dad didn't like what they said so he moved it to another private school that it was uh, non-religious so it was like no religion whatsoever but it was private school uh, so we went there for like two years and then we went back again to another Catholic Catholic school that it was a uh, high school so basically, everybody that studied with me in that first school, they all, I met them again in the other school, in the high school. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it was, there the, the were the rumors, you know, they had the, the priest with the basketball players and, you know, they had, <laughs> wow. like every other Catholic school, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Well, it didn't scar you. It didn't appear to, to have scarred you because I've heard just 
horror stories from oh yeah no no there were some of the nuns were really strict and yeah they were <laughs> and in that time you know that your parents will tell you if he did something like hit him so they have the big rulers the the meter and they'll hit you <laughs> no <laughs> like, ah, what are you doing <laughs> so fucked up no i want to know <laughs> that you seem like a like a like a solid you know, you're not fucked up about it, guy. So how did that kind of strict upbringing lead you to do what you're doing in the porn industry and other things and business and entrepreneurship and stuff, but especially porn? Well, I, I, I think it, it, it actually helped me because it centered me. I'm not the type of person that, um, like I'm not the type of porn star that goes and do go-go dancing, which I'm, I don't see anything wrong. It's just not my personality. I don't feel like going up there and do go-go dancing and uh, right. street tease and stuff like that. For me, that's just not my personality. I do everything more of a business. Like I always, since I was a kid, I will always sell my candies to my neighbors. So everything that I do always turn into a, a business. So that's why when I got into the porn industry, I was like, I'm going to turn into a business. I decided to do my production company. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think because of that being so strict, it got me a little more serious in the way that I, I, I can take my, I, I put myself more serious and I can do businesses. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was part of, uh, you know, of growing up in a very strict household. So um, in terms of um, when you first started out, you know, you were mostly in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Then you opened your production company, Biagi Productions, um, mm-hmm. Biagi Videos. What, which of those two roles is more enjoyable? Which of those two roles is physically and mentally exhausting? <laughs> they both they both are different uh they're both different because when i started working for other studios which i did about 100 videos for mm-hmm. a bunch of different studios uh i realized started with rain stallion that it was a condom industry uh and my ex was one of the owners of rain stallion and falcon um it was easy it was difficult because it, it took longer back then the film uh to film one scene it was six hours So in that sense, it was really difficult. And it was difficult because a lot of the times I did not like my partner. So that part, you know, that's why it's called acting. So (laughs) you have to make it enjoyable. So a lot of the times I did not like the other person. When I created my production company, it makes it easier in the sense that I film only in one hour. So one scene is one hour. Um, I choose the guys that I actually like. Right. So in that sense, it feels more comfortable. So I'm like, okay, so I'm more attracted to this, to these guys, these models, but it's more difficult in the sense that I have to travel, I have to find models, I have to edit, I have to right. uh, take care of business, you know, keep up with business. So we keep making money and people don't steal the videos and put them for free. Um, there's, there's just a lot of stuff, you know, you have to hire 12 models because a lot of time the models don't show up to, to the scene. So maybe six of them will show up. So, you know, it's really complicated. There's a lot of back behind the scenes stuff that happens that people don't see. Right. And, uh, it's a really difficult business, but I've been already with my production for seven years. So I, I'm already, I already got it. You know, like I already know how it is. So a lot of people, when they start their their new little productions or they're doing the little uh, only fan they think it's easy but then they find out that oh like all these people 
they don't show up, they're very responsible, they're high because they did, I don't know how many drugs the day before, they don't show up. It's just a really difficult industry. So if you don't know the industry and you haven't worked for a big studio before, you probably won't do good doing your own production. So you, you bring up, a, um, so I reached out to a few friends of mine and said, hey, I'm interviewing Antonio Biaggi. Are there any mm-hmm. things that, are any questions that you would like me to ask him? And to your point that you just made, how is it, especially now that you're, you know, sort of in charge of the production, how do you navigate a world, as we all know, where drugs are very, you know, omnipresent and you're trying to, you know, have this business and make this, this video, how do you mm-hmm. deal with sometimes having some of your models come high on meth or something or whatever it is they use? Like, how do you deal with that? I, I, I've been learning now. I'm getting a little better the last couple of years because at first I didn't know. I never done drugs in my entire life. That like never. Like I think I smoked weed once, right. and it was one poof, and I did not like it. Uh, I do drink. I like drinking, but I never done meth. I never done cocaine. I never done anything else. So like for me, I didn't know the. I wasn't involved in the world of drugs. Some of my friends they do them, but it was different. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> but. Um, you know, for me, I've been getting used to it. Um, that was one of the things that got me off filming for other studios because I have really bad uh, experience with other studios. Right. Uh, there was a lot of drugs. Sometimes the owner were doing drugs and I felt a little uncomfortable. Right. And uh, I remember one scene, the model, he didn't even, like, he wasn't even clean. Like, he didn't even took a shower. And I was like, dude, you have to take a shower. Like, you smell horrible. <laughs> like, I'm the type of person that will tell you your face. And I'm like, you smell horrible. If he wasn't cleaning, it's like, God knows, like, what's going on in the inside, right? Yeah, it was just like, he didn't smell clean. And then they were doing meth with the owner. And then he he went to take a shower. And then he fall and broke a glass with his head. And I, I walked out. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I, I'm absolutely done. Right. And that's why I decided to create my own production. Um, you know, I still have one or two models that they show up like that. Most of the guys, they don't actually. They, you know, I mean, they do, I don't, I don't notice. So, mm-hmm. and it doesn't affect the scene, but um, I don't allow it. For me, it's, I, I'm very strict with, the, with my guys. I'm like, you don't have sex the day before or the day of. You have to have your diet because you have to eat correctly. If you're going to bottom, just clean from the, don't eat 24 hours before, you know, you have to be clean. It, there, there's a lot of things that I have to do, you know, for them, for them, for the guys, especially because I use a lot of newcomers. So I, I like to use new guys all the time. So I, I have to explain them everything. So it's a little challenging, but you know, it's, it's okay. It's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, is that something that you like put into the contracts, you know, like, those there's there's no con- there's no contract until they film then until they arrive so okay. when they arrive they sign the contract and uh and then we can film but um there, no there's no clause of no drugs or anything it's just like it's just like we talking and we're like okay you're gonna come don't do drugs don't do this don't do that i i don't accept it in my personal life i don't accept it of any models if they ask me can i do i'm like no not here sorry it's just, you know, you can do it after the scene. You can do whatever you want after the scene. I don't care what you do with your life, but when you're, when you're, I'm filming and I'm paying you, you're not, you're not doing that stuff. So, so 
that's good to know. When it comes to the post-production part of it, like I know that just doing this podcast, I've had to learn, you know, like very rudimentary, um, like I'm going to turn this thing into a YouTube video and I'm going to, you know, put my little um, intro and music and shit and, and, and it's yeah. I can do to like get it out. <laughs> but, you know, typically talking about a one hour interview. So you're doing these videos over and over and over again do you have any help with editing or is it just you no my husband was helping me at first because i'm technologically challenged <laughs> i i barely remember my passwords and like everything i always forget everything i'm really 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 bad with technology um but my husband helped me and he taught me a little bit of how to edit so now I, i'm i'm so now it's easy it's been seven years uh so i used his music because he was in a metal band so all the music that i use is my husband's cool. and um well they they dissolved the metal band because he's doing his doctorate so he didn't have a time but you know i, I will go to the metal band and i love the music so i put it it's not a type of music that i like but i got used to it so i put it in my in my videos and uh you know i got my graphic artist that does the graphics and you know like i learned how to edit but yeah, after I filmed, like like in February, I went to Europe. I filmed enough scene for three months. So during the coronavirus, I was okay. But during those three months, I take a break and I'm editing, I'm promoting, I'm you know, doing different stuff. And so I, I learned. For me, it's, it's the question of like being disciplined and getting used to doing things. So that's just two things comes I, easy. Two things I wanted to uh, spring back to what you just said. Uh, one is, so it, obviously it seems that you, your husband is cool with you being in porn. And mm -hmm. two is how has coronavirus, and it's a good thing you did like three months of filming. So you have some, some, you know, stuff to put out. How was that? How is coronavirus currently and in the future going to affect porn, what you do? <sighs> yeah. Well, uh, right now, um, the, about the coronavirus, uh, I, I, I run out of videos. So I actually had to film uh, two, three weeks ago. We had to film again. Uh -huh. So we filmed. It, it was a little, it was different because now I, I, I don't have to ask, like, do you have any STDs? Now it's like, have you been around people? Like, are you clean? Like, you know, like, have you been doing the, you know, staying home? So it's been interesting. So, you know, I'm like, do you have any, you know, like, symptoms or anything so that's what i've been doing i'm actually filming in two more weeks again uh with some guys coming from la i told them that i'm like i don't want to film people with uh that are coming from out of town but they want to and i was like well we'll we'll, we'll see how how it goes so i so we're tentative right now to film uh right now i've been trying to use local guys although here in florida is really bad right now but i'm trying to use guys here in florida yeah um uh, you know, but they've been taking care of themselves, you know, so I'm like hoping that nothing happens. Um, it does affect me because I usually travel every two weeks. So I, I'm, a, I'm a type of person that I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of my production has been a little challenging because now I have to find models here in Florida. Right. Uh, because I normally film in Canada, in Spain, in France, in UK, in, in Colombia. So I, I film in different countries. I'm, I'm always traveling and filming. So I have more models and more people and production and everything in other countries. So not so much here in USA. So we're, now I'm, I'm not, starting to look for people here. 
Right, we're not even about to go to fucking Europe or Canada or Mexico. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus. I, I know. I was supposed to go in August now to back to Spain for two weeks and to uh, UK and Berlin to film, but you know, I had to cancel everything. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Wait and see. Um, so let's talk about um, let's talk about your run for city commissioner in Wilton Manors, which, by the way. In uh, doing my research, I read that Wilton Manors is like the unofficial LGBT hub of Southern Florida and ha is second only after Provincetown to the numbers of gay couples. That I didn't know. Huh. I, I thought it was uh, Palm Springs, but I might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I read an article from... There, there, there is a big... Uh, gay population here in, in Fort Lauderdale per, per se, mm -hmm. but w Wilton Manors has a big uh, gay population as well. But there is a lot of straight people as well in, in Wilton Manors. So there's a really big uh, straight population. There's a lot of Republicans that people think that everybody's Democrat here in Wilton Manors mm -hmm. because it seems very liberal because it's like a gay mecca, but there's actually a lot of Republicans um, here in Wilton Manors. Um, yeah, I mean, right now the city hall, like the, all the commissioners are all LGBTQ, same as the, the mayor who died a few months ago, he was gay, you know, like, so yeah, so it's kind of like everybody knows. <laughs> Well, maybe you're like a little blue pocket in a in a big red state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, how are you going about campaigning? And and is, you know, being a porn star, uh, and porn producer, um, helpful or hurt hurtful to the like? How are you navigating those two worlds? Well, um, campaign wise, it's been interesting because at first when i decided to start running i don't want i didn't want to do like a normal campaign like other politicians do i actually wanted to do a online campaign which is you know i wanted to use more internet which is you know today's you know i wanted to be a little more hipster and do the more the internet but there's a lot of uh, older retirees here we're gonna take a quick break and be right back so yes, how does being a porn star affect, you know, running a campaign and how do you navigate those two worlds? Well, um, right now, I'm, I, 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 it's, a lot of people are asking me about that because it's su supposedly something new. There's been other porn stars running for a commissioner, actually one, one in Texas. Oh. And he is a commissioner in Texas, but he wasn't, I guess he wasn't that big of a name. Uh, but for me, I've been trying to explain to people, you know, porn is they see it like my, like I see it and like my husband see it is a business. So if you see me as a business owner running a regular business that pay taxes and everything, then you will find it normal. Uh, if you're thinking just of the sex, then, you know, then you have a problem. <laughs> but, uh, in reality, I don't think porn, the, me being a porn actor or being a pro porn producer affects me in anything because I'm not running for a pope. I'm running for be a politician right. to run a business and to run a city. And I have plenty of management and plenty of business administration experience. So because I have many other businesses separate from porn. So, uh -huh. you know, people just have to separate that and just see it like a business. And that's it. Just, just what they have to see. <laughs> 
I mean, Lord knows, you know, the sort of politicians we have nowadays, like. Um, oh, please. We got the we got the one that adopted the 12 year old Cuban. And then we got the ladybug. You know, it's just like it's politics. It's not like you're not a pope. You're just running to run a, a business. That's it. <laughs> God, man, it's well douchebag. Um, so I want to talk to you about Naughty and Nice, the play that you wrote that you were. It's Naughty and Nuts. Naughty and Nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Naughty and Nuts. How that came about. Um. So, <laughs> Naughty and Nuts, it's not a play, it's actually a stand up. So, I'm talking about. So I, there's nothing, I'm, I, I go improv every single time. So I don't write anything. So I just talk whatever is in my head in that moment. So every show is a little bit different. Um, but it just started because my employees and people in my spa will always come and they always ask me about uh, things about the porn industry. People are curious about sex and the porn industry. Mm -hmm. And uh a lot of them, they were always like, damn, dude, you're so funny. Like, you should do, like, like comedy. And everybody always said the same thing. And one of my last employees, he was like, you should do a show. Like, you should do a comedy show. Like, you're freaking funny. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this, like, and let's call it Naughty and Nuts. And they loved it. So we, right away, my employees from my spa, they, were, they helped me to do the poster and uh, we start organizing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to run it through the production company because, you know, I, my production company doesn't just do porn. We've done indie film before. We've done other stuff. So I was like, let's just run it under Biagi Production. And let's just do this uh, show. Um, it's, it's basically a show, me talking about like porn, sex, my experience in the porn industry is really you know like i talk about water sport fisting i talk about everything so if you're very conservative i said in my tickets not to come to my show because i'm going to talk about everything that's amazing but it's it's been really great i unfortunately because of the coronavirus we already canceled four shows we canceled dc boston i just canceled houston that was supposed to be next week so my next show is actually new york city uh, september 4th hopefully <laughs> But I already did New York uh, last year. I've done already 10 shows. Uh, usually they're sold out. I do small venue because I like the small venue. Like in Baltimore, I've done four shows, all sold out. But I like the small venue, you know, 70, 100 people. Uh, it's just really cool. And I like the, the, the people and how they react. Um, it's interesting, the type of people that come. I, I got a lot of my fans come, but a lot of people that never heard of me. I have some of my fans, I brought their dad. Some fans, they brought their sisters. Ooh. So it's been a really interesting, like, <laughs> it's been really interesting to, to see the people coming to see my shows and their reactions when I talk about certain stuff. Um, in LA, I remember the, the guy, the owner of the theater, it was a small theater, and uh, the guy and his wife, they run the show and they were looking at the show and she had to go to another event, but she left him a note. And she was like, next time you come to LA, I have to see your show. She thought it was hysterical. She loved it. She was like, I want to hear more about the fisting. I was like, what? And he, like this guy's wife, she wanted to hear about the fisting. She loved the show. She was like, you were one of the funny. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> so I don't call it a comedy show, but it's more, it's, it was supposed to be informative, but people laugh. So it's. Exactly. Cool. 
So I want yeah. to, we talked about this before, but um, we, my boyfriend and I had tickets for your June 23rd New York City show. Uh-huh. So did those automate, auto, because that was canceled, I assume, right? And now it's September? Yes. Same ticket or do I have to go? No, the, the tickets move, roll to the next, to the, to September. To September. So if you've already bought a ticket, yeah, it, go, it rolls to September. Same as the people in Houston, I have, when I cancel a show, it, they get a refund right away. So like that's automatic with Eventbrite. They just take care of all that. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, yeah, because I can't wait to see this. Uh, <laughs> a few more, a few more questions. I wanna, I wanna get through this before we uh-huh. have our glitch in the machine because we've had two. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you for being kind. Um, another fan question: um, uh-huh. Who to date is has been your favorite scene partner? Oof. Um, I don't want anybody to get angry. I, ha- I had so many great scene partners. Um, definitely there's been one or two that they stand out a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, the, one, one of my favorites is actually, he's been a Brazilian guy. He lives in Portugal. I'm not going to say his name. Because I don't want anybody else to get angry, but, uh, he lives in Portugal and we have a really good chemistry. It's been so good that even like we've gone out to eat and we continue after <laughs> cameras, which I normally don't let. Normally I film and then that's it. I'm like everybody to their house or maybe I'll invite them if we're traveling, like sometimes I've brought everybody to a city and I will, we'll go and have dinner and mm-hmm. you know, and everybody back to their rooms if they're staying with me. So it, it depends on the scene, but normally I don't have sex behind the scenes with anybody. Okay. And this performance has been one of my, yeah, like we have a really good chemistry. <laughs> nice. I have fan question because I've always wondered this like doing doing what you do in porn how does that affect sex with your husband sex with other folks like can you still I'm assuming you can still enjoy something enjoy sex with your husband but yeah I I enjoy enjoy sex with my husband obviously like after a scene you know I like I have to get tested and so we can't have sex it's not like we have sex all the time we've been together for 10 years it's like (laughs) you know we're like sometimes he's horny I'm like oh I have a headache so go somebody else (laughs) we have an open relationship so for us that doesn't matter but uh, we still have sex, but you know, he already knows when I come back, I have to get tested to see if I have any STD and then we can have our sex. But uh, I don't think it have affected. Um, he, he seems to be more sexual than me sometimes because I, I think I, in 13 years in the porn industry, I've done everything. So I'm usually not, like after I come back from filming 13 scenes, I have an overload of, <laughs> overload. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, of like sex, so I'm like, like I really don't want to see any sex at all. So, like, and I tend to film enough, so I, I don't. When I come back, I already have like one or two more scenes that I just click a button and they're live, so I don't have to edit because I don't even want to edit a porn. Like, I just like I don't want to see sex. Right. So a lot of people are very like, oh, how come? Like, I just like it's a lot for me. It's a lot. So when I get in the mood of uh, of filming, it's like, okay, let's film. We we'll film everything. But then after that, I'm like, okay, I don't want to talk about sex. I don't want to hear about sex. I just don't like. You know, it's just I, ha- I need a break. <laughs> I have an idea that was we were talking when we were talking about coronavirus and you know, bringing folks uh, either locally from LA or whatever to do scenes. What, uh, 
you and your husband, since you're right there with each other, would, would is he no. all into that? <laughs> he will never, he will never. And I don't want him to. I asked him when we first met because, you know, he's a personal trainer. He has a really nice body. He's hot. <laughs> Uh, but no, now it's like, no. And he's, you know, he's doing his doctorate, so I don't want him to affect, you know, affect him in other aspects. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Congratulations to your husband, by the way, for getting Thank you. money a couple of days ago, Friday, right? Yeah, Friday, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I, I want to talk to you a few more things. Because um, I've seen a few videos that you've put up online about teaching flamenco to little kids. Tell me yes. about <laughs> Yeah, I, um, yeah, I danced flamenco. I actually, I was trained with classical ballet. Uh, so I actually was a classic ballet dancer in Puerto Rico. I never did any shows because I was always like so ashamed of being in the tight I don't know. I had it was weird <laughs> being a conservative family. You know, I, for me that was like a taboo to be dressed in you know in the tights and stuff. And I remember Dang. dancing, and plus the balls, you know, like it, it makes it bigger. So it, it it was funny. So uh, I actually danced ballet, and I remember next to the ballet studio there was a, a gay bar, and a lot of times I took ballet Fridays in the evening so i will finish the ballet class but i didn't want anybody to know that i danced ballet so i will like put everything in my bag and i will like put a hoodie even though it was hot as hell in puerto rico i will put a hoodie so nobody see me and then i will get into my car and i change clothing and i will go to the bar <laughs> because i didn't want anybody to know that i danced uh, classic ballet and uh, a few years ago i switched from ballet so i danced ballet till like six years ago Oh. And uh, and then I switched to flamenco five years ago when we were doing the choreography for Carmen. So mm -hmm. my family, my aunt, we, they always raised me very Spanish, even though, you know, we're mixed. Uh, but the Spanish descendant was a, the most important for my aunt. So I always grew up listening to flamenco and stuff like that. And I always was like curious about flamenco. And I started five years ago after doing the Don Quixote uh, choreography. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do actually flamenco. So I started doing flamenco and I got involved. I have, uh, I go to uh, Spain two, three times a year to flamenco festivals. And I take classes with famous flamenco dancers. That's insane. And um, I love it. I really love it. I met like, like the royalty of the flamenco. So like all these gypsies. I've gone to the caves in Granada to take flamenco classes with the gypsies like i love that world and uh last year one of my high school friends she's a teacher here in cooper city florida and she asked me she was like going crazy because she's like i have like a latin festival and i have to teach flamenco and i don't know flamenco and she was like i'll pay you and i was like you know what i'm gonna do it for free because i just want kids to do it and there were kids from kinder to uh second grade and it was it was an amazing experience. Is crazy because I don't like kids normally. I I have five nieces. I'm like I don't I don't care for kids. I don't like kids. Uh, <laughs> but it was a great experience. It was really fun. It was a lot of work because they're really uh, like 
jumping and like they go crazy. Hey. I don't like people when they don't pay attention to me. I get crazy. So it was a lot for me, but I learned a lot. But it was good too. Like the day of the show, like the kids love it, and they they were so tiny. They will hug my leg, and they were like, "Thank you." They it, it was really sweet. It was really cute. But I'm normally not like that into kids. Like I don't like kids. <laughs> <laughs> like like my nieces. I'm starting to like my nieces now because they're entering puberty, so they're like. 11 10 so those are like the little ones they're like one and three years old i don't like that i don't care i'm like i don't know <laughs> i'm the same way like <laughs> then we can talk or whatever but. yeah i'm like <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool it was a cool experience and I, I love teaching people and uh it was just a really great experience to teach something that i love and a passion that i have to a gen another generation because flamenco is something that has been it's like a for it's an art that has been forgotten by a lot of people not not that many people dances flamenco mm -hmm. so for me it was really cool and a lot of them they were like oh i actually like it is there any school and they were asking for schools in the area so i tried to find schools so they could keep going but uh yeah it's an art that is really difficult to you know to learn and to follow yeah i i took a trip to sevilla um, back in mm -hmm. 2005 or 2006, specifically to see, you know, is Fulamaco still alive and well? And it is. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thing and gypsy thing. And, and there is a place uh, in in the old city in, in Sevilla that's a cultural center. I, I, I can't, I don't have the name on top, on top of my head. They teach classes in Sephardic Judaism and singing. Oh, cool flamenco and and all of this stuff and i and i saw two performances while i was there and it blew my mind it was the most beautiful thing i've ever seen the spanish know how to put on a show they know lighting they yeah. know just oh, it was exquisite so yeah i, I love that that's why i go to spain a lot everybody's like you're always in spain i'm like well i'm always in spain because i take flamenco classes and then i film porn spanish guys are really hot uh, you know, it's like, like for me, it's like a mix of both. <laughs> like I asked my husband many times, can we move to Spain? He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, please. Like I, I, that, that would be a dream of mine to live in Spain. Me too. Uh, let, me you know. let me show you something. Um, as soon as we are able to get back into, um, back into Europe, I have my Italian passport here. E oh, nice. <laughs> um, and because I don't know about you, but I'm fucking done with this country. I am. <laughs> I, I, I felt like that when the elections, last, last election. So I really, I was looking, I actually have a friend of mine from Spain who is a lawyer and he was actually helping me to see if I get the Spanish passport and move. But then, you know, things changed. My husband had a little incident and then we decided to get married. So, you know, we're, we're now here and he's finishing his doctorate. So for now we are here, like we don't know eventually when. We've been talking because we're Jewish. So we're talking about getting the Israeli passport, but you know, we have to research eventually. So I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. For now, I know what's happening now and I'm running here for Walter Manors and you know, it all depends on the election, so we'll see what happens later next. So, so. This, 
to, uh, let, let us know. I, I'm going to put this in the show notes. What, what, where can people go to learn about you as a performer, as a, as a producer, biagiproductions.com, is it? Or, and I'll one for the Wilton Manners. We, well, I don't. I don't really have that many like any anywhere that you can go and learn all this stuff. Like people just follow me on social media. Okay. Um, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately because a lot of people that are interested in getting to know who I am. Okay. I always say, also, if you want to know, come to my show. <laughs> not yet, not. Uh, but like, I really don't don't have like a page or something that will tell my story or my life or anything. So. Uh, I guess just follow me on social media, Instagram and Facebook, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and listen, when, uh, September, when the show comes back to New York, um, I want to have a drink with you after. Is that okay? Yeah, cool. All right. Perfect. Yeah, that would be great. It's All a great right. restaurant too. It's like one of my favorite Italian restaurants. It's in the second floor. Oh. Uh, it's right there in Times Square. Every time I go to New York, I used to go every month. Anymore, uh, I, uh, I I I go there every single night to eat. It's an amazing restaurant. Actually, the VIP tickets come with a drink, so people will be able to have a drink during the show. Uh, but yeah, that would be great. Like we always, we always after the show, we all, I always go and have dinner over there at the in the restaurant. It's really good. Maybe uh, Mario Cantone can join us. I, I he's invited actually, so he's one of my guests person this time i know mario canton for so many years like over a decade almost but uh yeah we we talk and he know i, I know him because i love sex in the city it's one of my favorite series hey. he hates it <laughs> so yeah. i'm always like i saw you on, on on sex in the city but we always talk and you know i always follow him if he's in wendy williams show i'm like oh my god i saw you on wendy williams like we, we still talk we actually been talking during the pandemic because I see him all the time. I've been in his house. He cooked for me, which he actually does the best art shows ever. Like he does amazing art show. He's a great cook. And uh, yeah, so we, he, I already invited him. So I don't know if he's going to be in the city so he can come and see the show. But yeah, he's, he's definitely coming, hopefully coming to the show. All right. Good. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I've been able to talk to you forever and uh, keep, Keep us apprised of what's going on with uh, the election. Let us know, you know. We'll see. <laughs> something. City will help. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Way Off the Record has been written, edited, and produced by Scott Ambrosino, also produced by Christian Hernandez, and we are available on all platforms where you get your podcasts. And drop us a line on social media. We can be reached at the at sign WOTRpod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. <laughs>